Hi, everybody. My guest today is singer Sam Lavery. Sam is 21 years old, and some of you guys might know her from her time on The X Factor back in 2016. Since then, Sam's gone on to do many other things, including the UK tour of American Idiot, which is how I know her. So we got to talk about that and many other things. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks. Um, thanks for coming on and doing this. It's very kind of you. Uh, and I know that you, you know, you don't play the guitar and you're not left-handed, but it's not about that. It's just about having people on who are. Listen, I came prepared today. I don't know how to play it, but it looks very pretty in the corner. Is there anything in it? Yeah, there's a guitar in it. Is there? Yeah. Do you want to look at it? Yeah, I want you to prove it now. Come on. I can't play it, and, and I do. I do hold it the wrong way, Chris. But well, I won't hold that against you. It's actually a beautiful guitar. Is it yours? Yeah. Oh, look at this. Ooh, lovely, that one. Very nice. I'm impressed. What make is it? Um. It says on the headstock. Face. Apparently, do you know what it is? It's my manager's guitar. He got it made. Um. So it's a one of a kind. Someone's doing all right then. Yeah, I've never learned it, but I will just for you. <laughs> all right, I'll hold you to that. Um, how's things? Are you well? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I usually start by going back to the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. I want to know when you, like how old were you when you first got the bug to start singing? And who, oh, basically I want to know that. I want to know who your inspirations were. And I vaguely remember you telling me something about a member of the family being an inspiration to you. But yeah. you know, not only that, was there anyone famous that, you know, that you really looked up to take it from there? Okay. So taking it all the way back, all these many, many, many years ago, about you know, 10 years anymore. or something. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was when I was 10, I was on a school trip um, at Holy Island and there was like a little Britain's Got Talent type of, like show thing and everyone was like the boys were doing football the girls were dancing and I was just like you know what to do something in me was just like let's just sing this song I vaguely remember hearing on the radio it was heaven Brian Adams like super random um and literally from that day I came home and um the nuns literally taught my mum and dad that I'd sang this song and that I was really good and all of this um so the I nuns. Sat, yeah the nuns because that's who you go with to Holy Island Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, do you know what? Bizarre. It was very this, bizarre. This, I'm loving it. Keep going. <laughs> um, and that was it. Like, I started having some singing lessons, and I've never shut up since, to be fair. That was the story. So so did you know that you could sing when you first started singing, or did you just...? Um, I'd never really tried. I guess, like, I was only 10, so I didn't really have the confidence to be like, oh, I want to do that. Um, but I knew I wasn't a, uh, a dancer. I knew I wasn't going to play football like the boys and I just thought I need to do something different like no one had sang so I was like oh yeah okay I'll do I'll do the singing one then and then it just it just happened like literally that was probably the first time I sang a full song just from nowhere amazing and did you after that so what was it what happened after that when your parents realized that's what you wanted to do did you have lessons what was the path from there on um, so I came home and I started having singing lessons and everything. I loved it. It was like my dad would take me every Saturday morning. Um, I started getting into like little competitions and stuff. And I just loved it. Like I proper got the bug for it. And it was something that stuck with me. Um, and it comes from my granddad. Like my granddad is the singer of the family. And it skipped like 
um, my mom and my uncle. So then when I started to sing, my mom's like, it skipped a full generation and I'm the only one that's kind of got it from him. Um, so I always say like when I'm doing things now, it, it's like it's meant for me because he comes and watches all the shows and it's like you've done that and now I'm doing kind of what you always wanted to do but in like a different way. Um, so yeah, I just started doing singing competitions. And then when I was 16, um, it was always what I wanted to do. I was like, when I'm 16, I'm going to audition for The X Factor. Like, I really wanted to drop, like, wanted them to drop the age for ages. But 16, auditioned, and then went from there. Got all the way through to the finals and then did the tour. And then literally from doing The X Factor tour, I think I went to college for one day, went to Judge's Houses, and then literally never went back because I, I stayed on the show. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, I think we can wrap it up there, Sam. Thanks for coming. There's <laughs> no, only I, a baby. There's only, oh, no, there's so much there. If you think so I'm a baby there. now, I was a real baby then. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a step back. You, so it was your granddad who was the one in the family who said, that's who I remember you telling me about before. Um, yeah. So when was your first, do you remember after like the initial time, do you remember your first gig, the first time you sang in front of an audience sort of? When it you was, um, so my oldest brother played for like the Sunday football team for like okay. the working men's club in my village. And I remember um, them saying to me, oh, would Sam sing one song at the presentation night? And I was so nervous. I literally like, I was warming up for about an hour just for this one song. I was only 10 I think still 10 or 11 um, and I was just there was a band on on the evening so I asked if I could use their gear just for this one song I had a tape like in the tape I don't even know what it's called now mini tape mini disc um, and I sang Rolling in the Deep Adele okay. and I was like I remembered singing that one song and the next day I couldn't speak for ages because my throat was so sore because sure. it was just like so new to me um, and I was obviously super nervous and um, the, like the club was full and everything and it was just that was my first ever time in front of a like a live audience but it's a great feeling right yeah and I was, and I was, was like can I do the next one can I do the next one I bet, I yeah bet. it was great it was great so the determination then you know in the as you just said you you always wanted to do the x-factor thing because I suppose when you were growing up that was that you, I suppose you grew up with that because you know you're what you're 20 21 now yeah. so when x factor was really big that's when you were sort of in your early teens I suppose yeah like so it was like in its peak and I think to me when I was growing up with that show that was kind of like the only thing that I knew of that was what you did if you wanted to sing like I didn't know of anything else that was going on because I was I was only like I was a young teenager and I saw this show every Saturday night and I thought oh that's what you've got to do if you want to be a singer in life so it was always in my head that I wanted to do that. So what was the process? What what did you do? Um, and what how did what did your parents say? And were they supportive about wanting to to do it? And how did it work? Kind of thing. Um, so my mum and dad have always been supportive about my music and um, before I did the X Factor I was in a band as well which is why I'm like a big big lover of live music and um, the process of the show so I was still at school when my first audition happened I was doing my GCSEs um, I literally was like in the middle of my exams um, did my audition all the filming and everything and then and you were about- 16 at this point I was 16, yeah, I literally had like an exam and the one day, then my audition, then an exam the next day. So it was all just like this whirlwind of time. Sure. Um, so that was like, it must have been in the summertime. Um, and then, so it was all obviously all pre-recorded. It goes out on the show, like whenever the show airs. Throughout that period of time, you're in, um, so there's a boot camp, which was for like a week. Um, 
And then at the end of that boot camp, there was a six chair challenge, which actually I went home after that. But then I came back as a wild card and went to Malibu and then got through at Malibu and then came home and the next day moved to London to like the house with everyone, all the other contestants. And then I was on the show for 11 weeks, I think. Wow. And then, yeah, it was just like a constant, like next thing, next thing, next thing. Who was your, who was your mentor? Was it Simon? Yeah, Simon was mine okay. that year. And uh, he spoke quite highly of you, didn't he? Yeah, he was great. Like um, from, I think the turning point for me was Judge's Houses. I had a song change like a couple of hours before I was meant to sing. And I never heard of the song. It was brand new. It was from, um, it was Ed Sheeran's song that was on the, uh, I want to say Game of Thrones, I think, something like that. Um, and it was really last minute. So I'd like not learned this song. I'd never heard of it. And it was just one of those things that just fell really nicely and it just worked. Um, and I think the whole adrenaline of it being like so last minute was probably what helped me push through on that. Sure. I want to ask, and it's just because it's something that's quite relevant at the moment. Yeah. Um, you were 16 years old, okay? Now, yeah. to put it in perspective... That's the age my daughter is now. Um, if I, if she was to say she wanted to do something like that, of course I'd be very supportive, but I'd also be very, um, I'd be very mindful of everything that goes along with it. So what oh. I'm trying to get out, get out here, I think, is really asking, how did you cope? What was your coping mechanism of doing, you know, going from doing your exams to being on a huge? Uh, Saturday night TV show getting a lot of attention and at that age thinking the whole world is your oyster not knowing where it's going to go like how do you how did you deal with it kind of thing I think on one side of things it really does depend on like the person that you are and yes. um, before all of this I knew that I wanted to do this like it was in my mind like I'd come home from school and I'd be going to do gigs and then I'd come home and do my homework or I knew that my schoolwork had to be up here for me to also do my music that was like the deal that I had with my mum and dad and um, so at the weekends when my friends were doing like having sleepovers and meeting up and whatever I was going to battle of the bands and I was doing singing competitions and I was going to singing lessons and any spare time that I had I would be at a gig or would be doing something music so for me, this was like, I felt so ready and I was only 16 at the time. But even now, if someone said, oh, if you, would you have waited till you were a bit older? I think at that age as well, you don't think about it as much. No. You're a bit more like throw yourself in there, enjoy yourself. I probably didn't overthink what people thought about me. I Obviously, there was times, but probably not as much as if I went on now, I'd overanalyze everything and I'd be more like, what do people think? What do people think I look like? What do people, everyone's opinion mattered, where then I was just like, I'm having the best time of my life. This yeah. is incredible. And I think that's where, you know, if there was no social media or whatever, even now you would still continue to be like that. And a lot of people wouldn't everyday things, because like you say, you're just throwing it at yourself, enjoying it for the moment, not wanting yeah. it documented and look back on them and criticize and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, yeah. I, you know, it's just one of those things that you see a lot of things from reality television and people and how they cope and sometimes not very well. And, obviously your mindset was and still is you're still very driven and you obviously were very driven back there then as well and you knew what you wanted to do um I just think you're sort of very lucky in a way to have been able to achieve that and sort of come out the other side and still be on top of things you know what I mean because it doesn't yeah. happen with so many other people and was there any type of do they provide any type of support or anything like that for when the show sort of finishes and moving onwards how does that work 
I think that is the problem and that is why a lot of people have suffered with it. It is an intense situation. You are constantly like, no matter what you do, even if it is what it looks like or it isn't, it's going to get twisted. And I learned that very quickly. Um, there were stories written about you that you'd be like, you'd read it yourself and thinking, did I do that? What? Like, it's, you've just got to have a really thick skin. And then the problem afterwards is when you're off the show, it's like, see you later then. Like, right. that's it. Yeah, literally, that's it. Um, for me, it was in the mindset of like, right, this is really hot now. Let's like run with it. I had a really good management um, and I'm still actually with that management. Um, they've been amazing. But a lot of people went with the X Factor management, which means if you didn't win the show or didn't have, weren't a runner up, then you're not, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, they're not, they're not bothered. There's loads of years. Um, so I was really lucky that I had my own individual management because they've been amazing. Like, and I've had so much work from coming off the X Factor to now just because of them. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, a reason for longevity in, in work. And a lot of people, they leave shows like that and just go back to their regular life. You know, other people are more fortunate like yourself, you know, are able to go on to uh, other things. Um, looking back, was there one, um, I can't imagine how daunting it is to be singing live to millions of people on a Saturday night on a show like that. Was there, was there ever a time you really, was it, were you consistently nervous or were you consistently feeling the same every time? Was there one particular song that you did that you sort of felt more on edge or? I think you don't have a lot of say in the songs that you choose. So at the beginning of the show, I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. And then kind of like, nearer the end but just before I left I had like doubts of like this isn't me like this song isn't me I don't really like it that much but I've been taught I've got to do it I've been taught this is the right look for this week or whatever so when when you start doubting yourself knowing that it's not really you that comes through straight away so like my family and my, like my mom and dad know me better than anyone and they were like mm, I know I know you didn't enjoy that like I could see that you were ready when I when I came home off the show before I'd even come home, I said, like, if I go now, I'm I'm kind of ready because I don't want to keep doing something that really portrays me in, like, not what I want to do music-wise. Um, and a big thing for me is I got the X Factor tour. That was kind of the milestone in the show. So anything after that was just going to be a bonus. Sure. So um, what was your favourite performance that you did and what was your least favourite performance that you did on X Factor, on the live was the... Judges Houses, because that was that was Make It Rain, Ed Sheeran. Like I said, that was kind of like the turning point for me, I think, yeah. where I kind of made myself known in the show. Um, least favourite was The Girls Aloud, I'll Stand By You. It was just one of those songs, you, you know yourself, I like to be loud and I like to like powerful songs. I, it, <laughs> I like to be loud, just a bit. And that one was just one of those songs where I was just like, ugh, like was going nowhere and I'm bored singing it like you could tell on my face when I was singing it I was just like is this over yet because it was just it's just one of them isn't it and it just didn't suit me and you I knew read, it well, you stood there just reading the newspaper yeah literally that. like ugh. and I think also age thing is if I did it now the only I would definitely fight back a bit more on the songs whereas then they were like but Simon really wants to hear that and then you're like oh okay whereas now you'd yeah. be like he didn't say that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe for you personally, but I think a lot of other people, regardless of their age, given the opportunity, would have just, you know, towed the line as well. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, if you're part of that production, it is a production. And it's, you know, so much of it is down to getting views and making money. And 
they've got a, they've got a program to make and you've essentially you've got to follow suit but look you came out of it unscathed and and you came out you know fighting didn't you so uh tell me about the tour afterwards then so that was how many dates was that around the uk so we were on tour i think it was only around eight or nine weeks i think um, so it was all the arenas and we went over to Dublin. That was just amazing. I think highlight for me was the O2 in London. We did um, like an afternoon show and an evening show. And it was just like, I remember looking around and the, everyone had their lights out and I just filled up because I just like, it was just one of those surreal moments where I was like this big on the stage in like what seemed like the biggest audience in the world. And it was just like, it was just incredible. Um, and then I did my hometown arena, which obviously all my family got to come to, friends, my mum and dad's friends. And it was just like a big hometown thing. Like something that I've driven past that arena and been to see gigs with my family, like for years and years and years. And, and I said, one day I'd love to play there. And then, there I was just singing my little heart out. Amazing. Uh, how did it work in terms of the, like the, the set for the show? Did you get to choose what songs you wanted to sing? And was there like ensemble things as well? Or was it just everyone doing their own thing? Um, so it was the more, the more streamed on Spotify. So when X Factor was out, when I did it, all of our weekly performances got put on Spotify. Okay. Um, so it was whatever was listened to the most. And then, the girls did a song together. There was a couple, of, like there was a couple on the show, so they did like a couple of duet. There was a few. There was two or three group songs. Everyone, so it was a good mix. To be fair, like, everyone kind of got their fair share of the show. Great. Okay. Um, before we sort of move on, I just want to, you know, there's probably there may at some point be people uh, listening or watching this, you know, fancy their chances. What advice would you give to anyone taking part in any type of reality? Uh, sort of singing show like that you know what have you learned what 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 can you pass on to them um biggest thing is enjoy every second of it because as much as in the time it feels like it's going to last forever the actual thing went so quickly for me because there's so much going on um um and just be yourself like there's no point pretending that you're someone you're not because like you say there's so many people watching you everyone's got an opinion as long as you're being yourself and you're enjoying it no one can take that away from you like the memories that I'm going to hold on to forever I've got those videos forever and it's something to be proud of yeah yeah good for you so with the management you like you say you, you took on this sort of uh, more independent management from the uh, from the show which led to other things. Where did you go after that? And, you know, was there a, a sort of quiet spell of thinking, well, I've had, I've had my fun, but now back to normal life or where did it go from there? Um, so I think like everyone in the industry, we have quiet spells and you think like, all right, well, where am I going to go next? Or I was still, I was 17 when I finished the X Factor tour. So I was like, um, right. Like, cool. What do I do? Um, I went from the X Factor tour, I did the Matt Goss tour and then I did Heather Smalls tour um, and then I did like some festival stuff. I did like MTV festivals and it was amazing. And then when I finished that, I did, um, I started working at Capital Radio okay. as a presenter, which was like a massive like company, something amazing to be involved in, something different as well. Um, and then roll on to that, I went into American Idiot with your fine self. Right. So so there was some quite diverse opportunities then after sort yeah. of po post X Factor, you know, singing, gigs, tours with some names, a bit of radio, which is, a like you say, another great thing to get into. And then, yeah, ending up on uh, six months of American Idiot in, when was it, 2019? 
I think a bit of both because it was my first like theatre show it was kind of this is going to get me into this industry quite nicely in a way of there might not be a lot of dialogue but I can do what I love and what I'm best at whilst doing the acting as well but through that to kind of show through that um I loved the show I thought it was perfect fit for me because like you say it was kind of like a bit of I always say to people it was like a Green Day gig it's one yeah. song after the next like yeah we've got the scenes going on but ultimately the band like yourself are on the stage you can see the music being played and like the way we sing it and the way that everything's performed it's a, like it is like a gig um so yeah I think for being my first show I quite liked there wasn't a lot of dialogue and it was more about the performances yeah and also not only that but maintaining it to what were we on seven show weeks weren't we you know doing seven shows a week and for you uh I never saw you put in half a performance. It was always <laughs> like full on every time, you know, and you are, you are, you're such a belter when you really, you really do bear out so much. Um, did you ever worry about trying to look after your voice and stuff like that when you're doing it so regularly? Um, I think like it's a big show from start to end. It is full on out there, whether you're singing or dancing or like you guys, it was like constant and um, for me I don't drink a lot so I don't go we didn't really go out a lot and um, I just made sure that I looked after myself um but like you say I can't go on stage and give like hold back when people say oh don't go full out tonight because the audience isn't full I'm like oh, I can't do that it's either all or nothing um yeah. and it makes me enjoy it more if I know that I've got to rein it in to me that's harder to do yeah I think so and also it's one of those things where everyone has it where you you know, you get there and you sit and you think, oh God, you know. But then by the time, for, like it's I say, that. for that show, for the band in, in particular, because we're up on stage, there was nowhere to hide. There's no pit to sit oh, in. So, yeah. you know, from the from the outset, we were always on and we'd always enjoy it, you know, regardless kind of thing. It's it's a hard show, I think, to try and put not a lot of effort into, you know. Uh -huh. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to give it your all all the time. What were your, um, what were your favourite parts of the show and what were your favourite memories from the tour? Um, I think from the show, I'd have to say Letter Bomb, purely yes. because it was just one of those where, like you say, no matter how tired you are, as soon as you hear them drums or the music come in, you're like, right, we're going. And it was all the girls. It was like a nice, big, powerful moment. Yeah. Um, favourite song to sing as well. Um, so that was my favourite song and part of the show. For the tour, just in general, like we obviously went over to New Zealand at the end um, of the year. And like, it was just such a nice rounding off of like what had been an amazing year. It was a great cast, great band. Everyone got on amazing. And it was just like an amazing experience to take it literally on the opposite side of the world. Yeah, Doing exactly the same show. Um, and it's like someone just went like that with us all and dropped us at the other side of the world. And it's like, right, do it again. Just the same thing. It's weird, you know, because, yeah, I, it must have been strange because I, I passed, obviously, on going to New Zealand. But it ended up being a shorter term than they'd originally yep. said. And I thought yeah. oh, I could have done it. And there, of course, there was part of me that thought, yeah, I would have really loved to have done it. But I think the, the reason I would have 
because it doesn't really matter where you are. You know, I mean, of course, it's a yeah. bonus if you're in New Zealand. Um, yeah. But I think by then, because there'd been a bit of a gap, I, w- I just sort of really fancied doing the show again, you know, because, yeah. I, you know, we'd finished in Liverpool here in the UK and it was great. And I think by then everyone was ready for a bit of a break. But then, you know, a month or so after, I, you know, like, you, get you wake up and you, you know, sort of have flashbacks to the 20 thing. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that song again. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone was really refreshed. Like you say, it's a com- it's a really hard show to do as much as we did. And by the time Liverpool came around, we were like on our knees, like, but I need just a little bit of time. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as New Zealand came around, I think the excitement of flying over and everything. And over there, it was a massive deal as well. Like me, Tom and Luke went early and we did some press days. We would walk in the radio stations and they would be absolutely buzzing about it. There was like all in the streets, there was like posters and and like billboards and everything. It was it was like a big deal. I remember Nick sending me a picture after he got out there. It was the picture of of me, him and Tom that they yeah. used in some of the promo, but it was plastered down the side of a car. Yeah, so that's yeah. what we had to. Um, that's what we had to like drive around in the full right. time we were there. So Amazing. we got picked up from the airport, and we just saw this car, and it was like plastered all over. And me and Tom and Luke were just like, "What is this?" Like it was amazing. I was um, when I had Tom on here. We were talking about that last matinee that we did. <laughs> oh <Tom>. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. What was that show? I I don't know, but we were saying about when when I came in the in, in the box with you and, the window. <laughs> and he was waving at you, and then your face popped out, and he was like, <laughs> "Honestly, oh, like, it was so show, good, wasn't it?" That show was like I was scared because I didn't know what was going to come next. No, like I, I got into the bed, and Christian was next to me. That's right. And I said, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And he's like. Oh God! Yeah, it was good. It was, it was funny. so yeah. There was so much in that last show. Uh, yeah, I think I, we I might remember, have went overboard a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. I, I remember seeing the show report and 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 then just looking at it. Oh God, I'd forgotten about that. I forgot about that. And they're just laughing about it. Oh, know? it was like this long. The show report. It was ev- basically everything we did wrong. I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, what ha- what's been happening since then, and what's the plans for the future, Sam? You got anything in the pipeline? Um, so obviously lockdown's been absolutely disgusting for all us musicians and in the industry it's just been horrible Um, I just threw myself into my fitness which is my other obsession Um, but then obviously gym's closed as well so here we are I've been doing some online zooms and studio work um, which has been nice because I guess when I was on tour with American Idiot I didn't have time to do any like original music or anything because we were so busy so it's been nice to have time for that Um, but hopefully in the next few months auditions will start again hopefully get back on tour and enter a new show and just get back to back to doing what we love it's been we've definitely had a long enough break. Um, I said to my mum the other day, I said, I would never complain about doing a matinee show ever again. I'll yeah. never be tired again, I promise. Like, just just let us get back to it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, uh, I've, I've been doing, I've just started doing these things on here where uh, I've actually got some of the other girls from the show to do some vocal stuff that they send to me. Like we work yeah. out a song between us and then they send me the, uh, they send me what they want to do. I work it out and then I send them a guide track and they record it. And then I put it all together. You should, um, you should do one of them. If we should, yeah, afterwards we'll absolutely. have a chat about coming. Cause it's just a nice thing while everyone's got loads of time uh, to be um, able to do and just try and perform in some way or other. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Definitely. Is there anything I haven't talked about that you want to talk about? 
No, I think that's good. Can we point out the fact that you, after everything we've talked about and everywhere you've been and everything you've done, you're still in. Oh, no, wait, I've got something I want to talk about. Oh, God, okay, go on then. It's I was just going to say how young you are still, but carry on. Yeah, but I'm older than I was. You met me when I was 19. I'm now 21. Sam, I'm 40. Get, yeah, you, know, but you met me when I was 19 and I'm now 21. I'm still yeah. old enough to be your father. Yeah, well. Now that's scary. My right, God. That, let, let's not repeat that one again. Chris. <laughs> We didn't talk about the best part of tour. And I want this video to this part of the, this needs to be on this video. What have you missed out? And if you can't remember, I'm going to end this Zoom call. Don't tell me, hang on. Chris, uh, it was we- the highlight of our show, mine and your show. I can't remember it though, can you? Oh, of course. The- and this. We had a thing, this. yeah, of course. <laughs> this and and it developed into this massive long thing okay you've got you remember that that you've got you've got to tell everyone now what what we're talking about sam so basically i can't even remember when it started a few months in i have to walk past chris to get into this box that is on the show and if things happen during the day whilst we're on tour we kind of came up with a little hand sign for it didn't we so the first part was a piano because Rob had been playing some music. Then there was a tear because something happened. I can't even remember. Then there was a... Why did we do the cigarette? I can't remember why. I, I don't know. I, I remember I the seagull remember, one. Was I just remembered a couple of those things of why they're in there, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, the seagull came to eat your brownie one day. Yes, that's right. We had an umbrella in there because you stole Charlie's umbrella or Charlie stole right. your umbrella. Um, yeah, but I did give it back to him eventually. Um, eventually oh, yeah, then you I worked forgot. out that he'd actually stolen it anyway, so it was fine. So, yeah, so um, that's right. Yeah, so by the end of the tour, uh, you know, six months later, <laughs> at this spot in the show, you'd come up, and it was at the beginning of what's the Just name, right? It was before. right near the end of the show. Yes. And you would yes. be walking up to to duck down in the box before you'd be opening the window, which was the same yes. bit that I jumped out with you on the last <laughs> manic. And so by then we had this massive long. It, it was at first literally just this and this, That's but right. then we added on, and it got ridiculous to it the did. point of like it was a good couple of minutes of work, and then you were like straight on the guitar. Yeah, it was just like we were doing like all this sign language for each other, and it yeah. normally go, you know. But hey, you do. And then I things, remember um, Gareth came in to cover you one show, and he started doing it, and I looked at him, and I was like, "No, this is not what we do." And well he was done, like, so. "Come on." And, and Nick tried it as well. He tried this bit, but then they oh, never knew never knew we had it on, you see. See, they'll all try it when I'm away, won't they, eh? Yeah, they tried to jump in your grave, but I was like, no, it'll be back. Well done, Sam. Well done. Yeah, team, team player. All right, Sam. Um, well, lovely to chat. Lovely to and see you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, Sam Lavery, everybody. Thank you, Sam. I'll see you soon. When I'm 27. <laughs> I'll be 30 next time you see me. Oh my god. <laughs> I totally forgot we did that. Friggin yeah. that was Hang on, let me, let me just stop the recording before I forget. Hang on a minute. Yeah, oh, that was, was so good, Sam. My God, I forgot how quickly you talk. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>